many times in my life when I felt that I could not go on. But something happened inside of me that I can't describe because he's amazing. And when his love hit me, it was like no other love. I couldn't define it nor describe it. So all I got is just so amazing. I didn't deserve it, but he's amazing. I didn't deserve a second chance, but he's amazing. I had a whole lot of dirt in my past, but he covered it up because he's amazing. He keeps cleaning me over and over and over and over. Because he's amazing. He made a way when I couldn't even see a way. Because he, see, see, I thought it was something when he parted the Red Sea. When Moses lifted up his staff. But when I look back over my life when everything was chasing me and I didn't have a way to go forward and he opened up a way out of no way. Oh, God. He's amazing. without an operating table. Taking filth out and putting grace in. Uh, I understand why David danced until he came out of his clothes. understand why Jerusalem praised him from the breaking of day even when the armies were coming against them where they couldn't even number how many there were that was coming to kill them I understand because they were praising him for being amazing 
They wasn't praising them based on what they were faced against. I don't know what you're up against, but if you're ready to release an amazing praise, I want you to know that praise is your way to your opening for the victory that God has already planned for you. Is there anybody in here that's ready to give God an undignified, crazy, ridiculous praise? Oh, God! get it out and then and then you're okay you know how sometimes you got something in you and you say I don't want to talk right now let me just get this out I don't know who's been holding on to it but it's time to let it out just, just go ahead and let it out oh god oh let it out been frustrated holding on to stuff stuff that didn't happen already and you wonder when is this gonna come when am I gonna get a release well the balloon doesn't go back to its original state until you let the air out and you need to get back to who God called you to be instead of all this stuff consuming your mind somebody needs to release and let it out!
toxicity of the world but you just let it out now we're going to inhale the word because the word brings shame in the power and spirit that God has put in you somebody shout I'm ready everybody rest to your feet we're going to put the word into the atmosphere Let's read. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Now, everybody that believes that, give him a praise. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. While you're standing, I'm going to read to you. From Ephesians chapter 7, I was talking about it in Bible study, but God has a word. I mean, chapter 1, there is no 7. Amen. Y'all see, I, I'm not perfect. Only he is. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse number 7. And the Lord was ministering to us on Wednesday night in this particular text. But I believe he has a rhema word for you today. Same text. God wants to place something deep down in your spirit so that nothing else can shake you based on what he did for you. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you for this opportunity to feast at your table. Lord, as we have exhaled your worship, your praises unto you, God, we have released 
All that was in us that did not belong, we have released it because it did not belong. And now, God, we want to breathe your breath of life. So come speak your breath into our lungs, into our spirit, man, that we will be changed to be more like you. We declare today that we are your church. So, Lord, we ask that you would bring us to a oneness. Take every thought captive so that we would have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And as I stand, Lord, consecrate me that I may only be used like you used John to proclaim the good news. Have your way, Lord, as I surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse number one, Paul writes to the believing church, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of, I got to say this loud, his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself I gotta stop right there because this is all about his good pleasure that he has purposed in himself for you. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth and in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. This is a lot. Isn't that good? That we who first, somebody say first, first. trusted in Christ should be the praise of his glory shout first in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed shout I believe mm-hmm. you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the great guarantee the Holy Spirit of promise the Holy Spirit of promise 
dwells in you. The Holy Spirit of promise. Holy Spirit can't break a promise. The Holy Spirit of promise. Who is, who is, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Verse 14, again, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. I really, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on this particular topic. God's good guarantee. Okay. Uh, I'll tell your neighbor, tell him, say, it's a guarantee. And it's good. You know, you know, I, I, I found I have found that I have um, purchased many things in life and um, only only to get in line. And while I'm in line, they ask me, do I want to buy a guarantee with what I have purchased? That would be good when you buy the guarantee and the guarantee works out for you. But if you're like me and you're a consumer and you have purchased something and you had a guarantee, and then when it didn't work, you take it back to have them held accountable on the guarantee in which they have given you, in which you believe in the guarantee. And I have purchased some things and the things did not work properly and I took them back to the store only for the clerk to tell me that there are some other things that I should have noted about the guarantee. When you sold me the guarantee, you didn't tell me about the other parameters involved in this. You told me that if it didn't work the way it was supposed to work, then I could get my money back, and I'm here to get my money back. And the clerk, if you're anything like me, you dealt with a clerk, and the clerk could not help you because it was outside of his scope of work. Because he was not the manufacturer of the product, he just sold it so he could not stand behind the guarantee you had to deal directly with the manufacturer. And then you got to get on the internet or draft a letter and mail it out to the manufacturer, get on the phone, and when you get on the phone, you don't have this nice conversation. Truth be told, you might have even got a little bit rude with the teller. Sometimes we, we deal with the clerk like they can, can be held accountable because we are frustrated because the guarantee didn't work. And so we become accustomed to promises being broken, guarantees not working, therefore we walk around all bloomed up from the stuff that got broken in your life and somebody promised you to love you and they left you and you are still blown up about that. 
and you promised you'd get your money back and you were promised the car would work and it broke down on you and now you're broke without a car and now you're puffed up about that. So many things in life have happened and you serve and you get underneath someone and you think, oh, I'm going to serve in the kingdom of God and then the pastor lets you down. Then you're puffed up about that. That's why the Lord said, let it out. That's why we had to get the praise out. Let all that stuff out. Because let me tell you something about holding all that in. There's not enough room for the word to take root in the spirit in which it is sent to. So God said, you got to let all of that go so I can get to the real you, the spirit that I delivered into you. And you can't continue to hold on to what went wrong when he's the only thing that's right. But we have been accustomed to hurt and therefore, thereby we allowed hurt to start to rule in our life and hurt does not rule your life. God is the only ruler of your life and he did that through his redemption plan. Just because we are up under scrutiny and being held in bondage does not mean that they are the ultimate control of you. God had control of you from the beginning of time. He just allowed. He allowed the enemy to toy with you, if you please, because that's all he's done is toy with you, tricking you into and luring you into doing the worldly things and then trying to convince you in your mind that you got issues when you don't have no issues when you receive Jesus. You only got him. Your issues are in the flesh realm. Listen, your power is in the kingdom realm. And thereby, when you first came, you were of kingdom. And the world started enticing you. And you became worldly. And God said, they belong to me. So in the fullness of time, I'm going to go and get them. And when he came to get you, he gave you his spirit and he was calling you. And if you were anything like me, you knew it was him, so you ran. A lot of us ran from God because we enjoyed sin. I did. I enjoyed it and I was good at it, so I stayed in it for 32 years. And I still mess up from time to time. Only because, only because I have not really engrafted who I am. Because when you fully engraft who you are, you'll understand whose you are. And God says you're going to have to understand from the beginning of time that you were always mine or you will continue to think that the enemy can have pleasure with you and get lured away. But God is saying to you that you were his from the beginning and he allowed it to happen. But in the fullness of time, he redeems you. But he says, I redeem you through my blood. And so we discount the blood. But the blood is where the power is. In Revelations 13, I believe it's Revelation 13, it says that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. So God said, my people are going to need a plan of escape. And the plan of escape 
is for me to redeem them. Shout, I'm redeemed. So understand this. If you're redeemed, that doesn't mean that you just got purchased by God. It means, now the word redeemed means that you, to, to purchase back. If you were purchased back from him, that means that you belong to him in the beginning. In the beginning of time, you were a spiritual being. When you came into the flesh realm, you were a spiritual being yet living in a flesh realm. Thereby, because you were in the flesh realm, you adapted to the natures that are happening in the flesh realm. Somebody say, but God. But God had a plan for you. And so his plan was to ransom you. Can you put Mark 10, 45 on the board? His plan was to ransom you. Now, you know when someone puts up a ransom, that means that uh, they have taken what's yours and they want payment to give it back. So God had allowed the enemy to mess around with what was his, which are you. Say, I belong to God. For even the Son of Man did not come to serve but to serve, to be served, but to serve and to give his life, to give his life as a ransom. Let me give you a picture, if you will. There was a man, there was a man, um, he, he, he was a collector of things that he did not like. So the man had a hatred for birds. And so the man, the man went out and he started capturing birds and he got the birds and he put them in a cave, a, a cage and he carried the cage around and every now and then he just stick his hands in there and fool with the birds and, and mess with the birds and, and play with the birds, but he could not stand the birds. And another man, another man says he was a lover of birds. And so he, he said, where is the man um, that has what I love. Uh, and so he looked up on top of a hill and the man was up there and he had the cage of birds and he was swinging the cage and, and the birds that were in the cage was hitting back and forth and in the cage and they were getting all bruised up. And the lover of the birds, he seen it and he was so hurt by what was going on with the birds that he went up to the man. And he said to him, he said, uh, I'm a lover of birds. Um, what would you take? I, I want to buy those birds from you. He said, how much you got? The man said, well, I got 50,000 with me, but I got a few million that I would give you for the birds. The man started laughing and said, no, I want something. He said, man, why won't you sell me the birds? He said, because these are my birds. He said, well, mister, what are you going to do with the birds? He said, well, I'm going to play with them for a while and fool them and open up the cage. I'm going to close it back on them. And after I finish playing with them, I'm going to kill them. He said, you're going to kill them? He said, yeah, I don't like birds. But they thought I liked them because I fed them a little bit to get them in the cage. And the man said, oh, 
well, if you won't take my money, what will you take? He said, well, for these birds, it's going to cost you your life. And what I'm telling you is that what the enemy has done with you. He got you in a worldly cage. He's been praying with you for a while. And Jesus said, what do I have to do to get back the birds that I love? And he said, it's going to cost you your life. And Jesus said, well, I'll give my life if I can have back my birds because I'm in love with my birds. If you understand that the ransom he paid for you. seen how the enemy was toying with you and playing with you and showing you false doors and, and he said uh, I got this God said Jesus my plan that I put in place and I've been showing them that the power is in my blood it's not about them it's my blood don't you remember when they had all of God's people held up in Egypt and then the death angel was coming, and God said, take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost of all of my people's door. And when death comes by, every door that is marked with the blood, the death angel would pass it by. And when People were hollering because their kids were dying. The sons were dying. The death angel was passing by all of the people of God. And that's why death has passed you by, even though some have left you. Because the blood has covered you from the beginning of time. When you became here, he marks you. He knew that one day in the fullness of time that he would redeem you he he his redemption power is in the blood he says he says that he will make it he'll make it abound uh now now get this he says his grace abounded so how many of you love grace uh-huh yep because a lot of you thought wrong on the way here and if it wasn't for grace, you'd be outside. But grace covered you. And grace will continue to cover you. Now, some of us need more grace than others. So, so can you put Romans 6 on the board? 6-1. It's because, because it says, okay, God gives us this abounding grace. Paul says it this way. The more we sin, grace abounds. Some of us need more grace than others because we practice sin a lot longer than others, so it's hard to break the habit. But they'll mean for us to judge because grace is abounding. You'll get what you need, they'll get what they need. It says, what then shall we say? Shall we continue in sin if we know that grace is going to abound? And see, most of us don't really get the full teaching of the scriptures. Because when I was young, I, I, my mom told me, she said, well, all your sins are on your parents until you reach 12. I grabbed a hold of that 
when I was 11, <laughs> I was trying to get it all. I was cussing. I was stealing. I was doing it. Man, I said, look, this don't them. That's how foolish I was. As long as it wasn't on me, I had the fear of God. So what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? And sometimes we say, and, and this, is, this is crazy to me. Say, well, uh, you know, I, I, I messed up because, but you know, I, I, I'm a work in progress. What kind of nonsense is that? Who isn't a work in progress? The fact that you know that you're a work in progress and did it anyway, that's a problem. That means, that means, now, that means, like what I said, shall we keep saying it? Because we know God's grace is going to be there for his. But here's the other thing. He also chastens the ones that he loves. You're going to get some grace, but you're going to get a whooping too. So, so, so shall, we stay, shall, shall we continue in sin when grace abounds? Next verse, verse 2. Verse 2. Certainly not. Verse 2, it won't go? Okay, okay, so anyways, certainly not. We, we cannot continue in sin just because we know God's grace is going to be there. Certainly not. <laughs> I told you. How shall we who died to sin live in it? If, listen, if you were de- redeemed from it, how can you go back and live in it? God took you out of sin. Out. Say, I'm out. I'm out. He redeemed you from it. He took you. That, you know what that is? That's like going back to the hill to find that bird cage so you could get back in it. Sin is not good. It, listen, it don't even feel good. It's a lie. It's a lie in the flesh realm. Your flesh is lying to you. Sin is ugly, and it don't feel good, and it's not good for you. And the enemy has been trying to brainwash you so that you could continue in it. But by the power of God being released today, that he would hold you captive, that you can't sin anymore, and that the grace abounds above it all. So, so. There's the other one, the other excuse. Y'all ready for this one? Uh, I, I, I just got weak. That's not even Bible. I, 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 I messed up because I got weak. That's another sin because you lied. You didn't sin because you got weak. You sinned because you wanted to be disobedient. You wanted to do what you wanted to do. In other words, it was time for you to go back to the manufacturer because he didn't redeem you and you're not designed to produce that way. You're designed to produce righteousness. And you say, well, I I got weak. Let me help you with that. Um. 1 Corinthians 12 and 9. I, I just put that on the board. I think that's it. Let me see. 1 Corinthians 12 and 9. 
2 Corinthians 12. That's it. 2 Corinthians 12. Is that it? 2 Corinthians. That's what it is. 2 Corinthians. Check this out. So, 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 say weakness is no excuse. Say it's a lie. And you know it. Watch this. And he said to me, Paul said, take this thorn from me. Take this temptation. Take this stuff from me. Take it from me. And, God, and then he said, and he said, and he, and he said, he said, and the Spirit said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Now get this. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So if you were weak, his strength would have perfected you. So weak didn't have nothing to do with it. It's that you were blatantly disobedient is what it was. Let's just call it what it is because the truth will set you free. Everybody shout, I'm free now. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. I'll boast that God came and helped me. I'll boast that I need help. Is there anybody in here that needs help? See, you have to understand. He said, I'm a very present help in the time of need. And the reason why we fall and do what we want to do, because we don't yell help. If you ever get in trouble and you think that you're about to fall, somebody yell help. He goes on to teach us that he gives us, uh, he says, all this grace, and he says that will abound toward us. And then he says he gives us wisdom and prudence. Now, the wisdom of God will give you instruction on what your next move is. That's God's wisdom. It will instruct you. God's wisdom orders your steps. Okay? Prudence gives you self-discipline. Somebody say self-discipline. So he says earlier in chapter 1 that he's given us every spiritual blessing and all sufficiency for all needs. That means you have it already. And he's also given you prudence which will help you discipline yourself that when you want to touch it, you'll say, uh-uh, not me. Why? Because that prudence helps you. And, and, and God deals with prudence in such a way that he will give you reminders. Somebody will call you and say, don't do that. He'll wake you up at night and say, uh, you, you, you're operating wrong. He gives you prudence. It was like the, like the man that was running the Titanic. He had no prudence. Everybody was telling him, man, uh, you about to wreck this ship. Don't do this. Don't go there. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. No prudence. He just wanted to do it his way. Titanic went down. See, your, listen, he gives you prudence so that you don't hurt everybody else. And when, when sin, sin is designed to hurt everybody. So your sin is designed to hurt everybody connected to you. But shout, I'm redeemed. No, you got to shout it like you believe it. All right, if you if you're redeemed, if you're redeemed, now now I believe you. All right, so 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 let me let me let me get ready, get ready to close this. He 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 comes down to this part where I, I really love because he said that we first trusted in Christ uh, should be the for the praise and glory. So that when we first trusted, now get this: when you first trusted Christ, when you listen, when you heard, didn't talk about when you heard the word. 
right? In order to hear the word, uh, in order to hear the word, you have to get his spirit back. You have to be redeemed. So, so get this. I was going to church, and I was sitting in the church. I heard the preacher preaching, but I didn't hear any word. Because I had chosen to live a life outside of the will of God. Therefore, his spirit had not come into me yet. But when his spirit came into me, the same preacher that preached, now I had an ear to hear. Because you can never hear a word until first God delivers his spirit to you. So when God delivered his spirit to you, he changed everything about you. He created a brand new you and brought you back to your original position, which made you royalty. He took you from worldly and made you royalty. Which means now you have the inheritance of God. Where? Right here. And people will tell you, oh, no, the earth is hell. The earth ain't hell. That's another lie. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. How about that? It's in the word of God. And anybody who says it's hell, when they get to hell, they're going to find out, oh, earth wasn't hell after all. So, so. In his redemption plan, he deals with trust. Now get this, when you first heard, when you got his spirit, you first heard, you didn't care about nothing else. When you first got the love of Jesus, if they don't love you and they don't love you, I don't care. Because Jesus loves me. It's something that you can't even explain how you feel when you first trusted him. That's why I love talking to new believers. Because they, they're, they're just, they don't give it, they don't care. Talk about me if you want to. I don't care. What would I do? Because I got Jesus now. When, you, when, when they first trusted, you, I mean, when you first trusted, man, you didn't care. Look, all you wanted to do was please the one who saved you. Amen. So when you first trust him, we got to get back to our first love. We start trusting Jesus, and then we start getting a little knowledge. Then we become many Jesuses. <laughs> want to talk about who's wrong and who's right and all this wild stuff going on. Just just judgmental. And, and, and you know what? When you first got saved, you didn't care. Amen. You could be in a church and you sitting next to prostitutes, hypocrites, everything else. The words hitting you, you don't give a doggone about anything else going on. Come on because you're so happy Amen. with him. And you trust him. And, and as a matter of fact, you even bleed for the other one. Oh, it'll be all right. <laughs> and then, and then we, we grow up and we, we become so judgmental. We don't know, act like we don't know what the word says. That we will suffer many disappointments. 
Then he says, bless those who despitefully misuse you. Pray for them who hurt you. He, he, he gives us a new look on how to function. He says, but it's all based on trust. Do you really trust God? I'm asking you a question. I'm not talking about trust them on Sunday when you're sitting in here. Do you trust them when all hell is breaking loose in your life? Do you trust them when everybody's talking about the hell breaking loose in your life? Do you trust them when it looks like there's no way for you to move forward? You trusted them when he first saved you. Can you trust them now? Do you trust them with your children? Do you trust them with your spouse? Because the enemy's waging warfare against relationships. That's what we're going to talk about next month. So can you trust them? Do you believe that he's sovereign? That he reigns over everything and everybody? And then the question becomes, do you believe that he loves you? Now, if you believe that he loves you, that ought to end the complaining right there. Because God would not let anything happen to the ones he loved unless it was something for the kingdom. And if God is going to use you for the kingdom, is that all right with you? Is there anybody in here that say, God, I'm okay. Use me. I'm ready to be you. You redeemed me for this. I was saved for this. You paid for this. He, he finally said, he finally said that truth. You trusted me. And so I did something once and for all. Now, you don't have to worry about nobody going to God for you. He says, the plan that I had was to bring you back and put you in the rifle scar. Can I, can I have a purple scar? Can I have a purple scar? He said, the plan I had was to bring you back into your rightful place. Now, he didn't say he was going to bring you back so you could complain about all your stuff with purple about all your stuff. He said he wanted to bring you back. Come here, Nova. And so no matter what he's done, don't matter. It's all about him. God has a plan and a good purpose for this. He allowed everything to happen in your life so that he could show his redemption power. If you had never sinned and messed up, then how could he come and redeem you? Amen. He redeems the lost. And so he brings you back. And he puts you in position. And then he puts his clothing on you.
when when he does this, he says, he says, then I seal you with what I put in you. He says, I seal it with my spirit because I'm a God who cannot lie. And if I give something, I'm not an Indian giver. And so once he delivers his spirit, it says the gift of God is irrevocable. So then his spirit comes in and he gets sealed. So no matter what he does, the blood will continue to cleanse him and make him right for the purpose that God has chosen him for. And if he slips up and falls, he has set a body of believers that will help him rise up and get back to your position. No matter how far you wander, you are guaranteed the inheritance of God. God promised you. Stay here. So, so the redemption has made you royalty. You have a new thought process. And your thought process is not based on anyone's behavior. Your, listen, your thought process should not be based on what you experience here. Your thought process has to be based on every word of God. And God, when he redeemed you, he says, I redeemed you in myself so that I can give you every promise that I promised through every one of my prophets that you shall Listen, don't dominate the earth realm. Why isn't the church dominating the earth realm? Because we have not claimed our true identity. You were, listen, you were created in advance for this. The enemy got with you and tried to rob you of it. God redeemed you back. So that you will know how powerful he is and that he can do anything at any time. And now all you have to do is begin to walk in the believing power of God and you'll dominate the earth realm. Can't be worried about stuff. Especially your past. That's really the trick of the enemy. It's over. Ain't nothing back there but goodness and mercy. Look, that's good. <laughs> and God's promises is good. You can bank on that. It's a guarantee. If something's out of order, you ought to have a good old hallelujah good time and start speaking order to it. Stop talking about how order, out of order it is, how much you can't take it. You can take anything he give you. He built you for this. You, if he gave you the task, you were built to handle it. Because God don't make no mistake. If God delivered it to you, then hey, pull your big pants up and say, God, I'm going to just let you run this thing because you're in charge of my life and not me. 
them up. You're guaranteed. You can get happy even when the situation ain't right. And let the one say, why are you so happy? Say, because it's guaranteed that you're going to act right. <laughs> so I'm going to just praise God and be happy. Because the day is soon to come. Amen. How do I know? Because we hold things in the atmosphere based on what we say. Let me help you. Okay, this is the last thing I'm going to give you. We're going home. Y'all ready? So God in Genesis 1 and 2, he says, my spirit hovers over the earth. His spirit hovers. Then he the spirit delivers his spirit in you. Now, in Ephesians 2 and 2, it talks about the wiles of the devil, and they're the prince of the air. So then he gives the devil um, reign in the air. So his spirits are in the air. That's why you got to be careful to what voice you're listening to. Because if it don't line up with the will of God, if it's not in the word, then it's a devil. So the prince of the air, it talks about the prince of the air because there's power in the air. So, so listen, what you say when you speak it's either going to be delivered to one of those spirits. If you speak contrary to the word of God, it goes into a demonic spirit realm hovering above you, and then it holds in position demonic activity in your life. But when you start proclaiming the will of God over any situation and start speaking it, the hovering spirit of God says, oh, that's my language. I got to go perform now. And we have been tricked by the enemy so long that we talk about what's wrong instead of talking about what's right. Go ahead and shout, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Let the spirit of the Lord, if all those that are redeemed, say so. Hallelujah. Listen, now let's, let's begin this week talking about the guarantee. All right, it, this changes everything. You guys want to see? You want to see um, God really move in your life? Start speaking it, and watch what happens. I was talking to someone; they were telling me about the little son. The Bible said, "In order, when the disciples were with Jesus and the children came, they tried to hold him back." He said, "No, no, 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 no! Don't hold them back because in order to get to the kingdom, you're gonna have to become like one of them." And I walk around and I listen to my son. I, I listen to other people talk about their kids and their kids. Um, was, was saying and began to prophesy things and it was talking about how certain things are going to happen that didn't make any sense but see we need to listen to our kids sometimes because they have a prophetic anointing on them and God uses them and if they could speak to things that are not as though they were until they become surely we who are mature who know the power of God and know that you were redeemed for this purpose let the power let the people of the Lord begin to redeem back everything that belongs to God give God a hand of praise this man is draped in royalty. Now picture yourself. But I don't want you to see the clothes on the outside of you. I want you to see the power on the inside. God's love 
redeemed you back to be his. That's all he wants. When you become his, you have access to everything if you believe it. How many of you believe it? Hallelujah. They stand up and give God a praise.